Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Responsible Entrepreneur podcast, where we talk with entrepreneurs who are changing industries, various social systems, cultural paradigms, and how we govern ourselves. So they cover a broad range of ideas. And if you want to know more about that, you can check the Responsible Entrepreneur book, which talks about how I see people doing that from 15 entrepreneurs I have uh, worked with closely. So welcome, everyone. Uh, we have another great guest. John Paul, would you introduce not only yourself briefly, your name, but the name of your company and what you would say it's in the business of? And I mean the business of, not the larger purpose, but what are you in the business of doing? Absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you so much for uh, having me and, and having uh, uh, our company on. My name is John Paul Maxfield. And I'm the uh, founder and uh, CEO of Waste Farmers. And Waste Farmers is a regenerative holding and operating company. And we cultivate people, businesses, and brands who transform emerging social and environmental needs into market-based opportunities. Uh, we were founded back in 2009. And uh, the goal from the outset was to build an enduring company. And back in 2009, I traded in my um, wife's car for a pickup truck uh, after I got um, politely uh, uh, transitioned out of my job in private equity and um, started a composting uh, uh, collection service in the city of Denver. Uh, we grew that into the largest collection um, business in the city of Denver and we sold that. And as we were um, operating that, that company, we built a soil brand um, that is sold through Maxfield Organics, uh, which is uh, products for urban farmers, and uh, a brand called Bat 64, uh, which is our brand uh, for uh, commercial cultivators. Okay, so you're, you're already on to starting to answer some of the next questions. I just want to point out, people, what you're doing here. Um, what you're, you're sharing with us is how you carry out your business in multiple brands. What I'd love to hear is what is it that's behind that in terms of how you think about, I don't know whether it's a holding company or some structure, for that and kind of a driving corporate direction that lets you know which businesses to launch because that was a lot of things and you didn't even list all of them yet. What holds it all together foundationally, legally, as well as production and creation of a business or businesses? So we're structured as an LLC uh, and we're a B Corp. And, uh, and so the language of B Corp is important in the operating documents. Um, in terms of the guiding principles, I think it's really, uh, from the outset, was driven around um, carbon and, and driven around climate change. And, uh, and so I think at the root of that is sort of um, uh, a guiding um, principle there. Um, and, uh, you know, being sort of driven by um, wanting a long-term business, we uh, have to factor in all of those aspects of, you know, profitability uh, and cash and, and uh, also the desire to push the envelope, so to speak, on, on social and environmental change. Not to say that they're 
um, separate from one another, but all of those are uh, important. And I think um, the essence of what qualifies um, continues to evolve um, as we gain scale. Um, and so uh, does that answer your question? Yeah, that, that's giving me a um, the, part of what I think would help me go another step is why did you call it waste farmers? You know, it's like almost sounds like are we wasting the farmers or what are we doing here? There, there's yeah. some meaning that has conveys a strong image. What's the image and the meaning that goes with that name? So it's, it's the idea of, of um, kind of a circular economy in the terms of like waste equaling food. Um, and then, uh, you know, at, at the essence of who we are, we were all very curious and um, uh, in growing things and, and plants. And, and, uh, and so the farmers, you know, it's an important aspect of fighting climate change and it's an important aspect of who we are uh, as individuals within the company. And then, you know, uh, when we had the composting route, uh, Waste Farmers itself was the only company we were operating, and it, and it just made sense. And since then, several marketers have suggested that we change it, but I don't want to. Um, and I think collectively, you know, we're in agreement there. And moving forward, um, have you ever heard of Shal Silvest or the, uh, a boy named Sue? A, a sure. song? Oh, yeah. I kind of like it in the sense that it, it – uh, it kind of makes us tough. It kind of makes us have to, um, kind of like the song goes, like it's kind of like a boy named Sue. Right, no, that's great. And it had a lot of meaning to me the first time I heard it. I grew up, my father was a farmer, but not the kind of farmer you are. There was a lot of waste in his farming processes, including depleting soils, leaving behind all sorts of potential materials that could be used. Um, and so when you said it, or the first, you know, first time I think I saw it written, I went, oh, I think I know what that means. So that, that was helpful. You know, you say frequently, we. Who's we? So we is a collection of, uh, there's 22 of us now. Uh -huh. um, and I say we because, you know, the, the, they are the co-creators of, of the company. And part of the guiding aspect of, of where we go and what was really important for me personally is um, I think that we need to, to develop um, companies that that allow for um, more people than just finance and sort of the handful of people uh, that are making decisions about our future. Um, so I say we because um, the company is structured in a self-organizing capacity. Um, and decision-making about our future is not externally, I'm a CEO, but internally I hold uh, kind of roles and responsibility within the company. But I say we, because I'm here in that external role as part of my role representing uh, all the people that, that make up um, our, our company. So you're, you're, it's really in some way you're providing a voice for the company and that's your role. That's one uh, of the roles that I hold. Okay. Me. That makes sense. How do you govern then? Because I understand CEO, in most states you have to have uh, some kind of head that can sign papers and say to the state and then to the federal government, here's who we are. How do you govern among the 22 of you? What does that look like? So um, with, with regard to the operating agreement, I'm the sole, managing, uh, I'm the sole manager of a multi-member LLC. Um, so with regard to that, um, 
I am the, you know, representative of uh, the company and, and the manager on the LLC side. Um, we have a multi-stakeholder framework really, um, which I think is the way we've operated from the start, but I think your work really helped us to um, explicitly state that. Uh, with regard to um, how we govern, you know, it's, it's self-organizing and it's around clarity of uh, decision-making and that decision-making can happen on a role basis with very clear accountabilities and domains or on a circle basis uh, with um, uh, accountabilities and domains. And uh, so that's how we, we govern. I think on the, it's through consent um, and those decisions that fall outside of roles um, go to an integrated decision-making process. Um, and uh, so that's how, we, that's how we're governed. Okay, that's great. Let's talk just a little bit about you. One of the questions that I ask every um, person, if I can, but at least people who are in a leadership role, I don't like the term leader because I think leadership is more of a process. And you've just described to us a leadership process. If you were to think about when you were younger and you thought of an event or a particular challenge that you faced that you had to rise above, you had to get through, I would like to know what that, and it would it would help us understand why you work the way you do now. So that happened then, you got through it, you figured out some things, we're gonna look just a little bit at what those were, what you learned, but it would explain to us, ah, that's how John Paul faced something that makes me understand who he is today. Have you got an event you can think of like that that would explain you to I us? So. Okay. Uh, and maybe you can help help me understand my, myself a little bit more too in the process. Right. Um, like you, I kind of came from a, a background. My grandfather sounds a lot like your grandfather. I loved hearing your story. My my grandfather was nominated as the agricultural citizen of the century in Wyoming, mm. uh, and he had a, probably a business similar to your grandfather's, and in, you know, industrial, uh, you know, animal operations and and, and farms uh, associated with that. Um, I remember as a, as a child, so there's sort of three distinct things. Um, I had uh, what they what they call ADHD, mm -hmm. and um, I rem I don't remember much about the you know the nature of the conversations, but I know that I went to go. My parents were wonderful people and um, tried to help, and I went to a child psychologist, and I don't remember what we did. I just remember. Um, we would play this game with little animals, like little plastic animals. And I, I don't remember the nature of the game, but every time I was a polar bear, um, which I think is interesting given the, the, the focus of where we are now. And that polar bear was, um, uh, it had magic powers to help uh, people and heal people. And that was. And is we, that what you imbued the polar bear with? This is what you said, this polar bear has these magic powers? Yep. Okay. It was all around healing and helping people. Um, so I find that interesting. And then uh, with ADHD and um, I think uh, without understanding back then that I am what people call a divergent thinker, um, 
I think I oftentimes build people a watch when they just want to know the time. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a case of that. Um, but I went to Catholic school and I, I really, um, it's, it's a, it's a environment that it's a, it's a wonderful community of people, but any sort of creativity or thought outside of, um, more of a convergent linear line of thought, um, is, uh, not really, uh, accepted. And so I always kind of felt, um, outside, uh, and socially, you know, um, I came from a big family and, and thankfully I'm, you know, able to kind of get along with anybody. So that wasn't really the challenge, but in terms of like the way I thought, I kind of felt stupid. Um, all right. So now I want to guide you a little here. All right. Yes. So there's this point at which you feel stupid. And obviously at this point, you don't think of yourself as stupid. How did you process that experience through that school, a religious, a very confining uh, limiting worldview of what you want to take on. How did you work in order to survive and probably thrive and do well in that system? I was fortunate in that my mom kind of taught, sat down and had the time to teach me how to organize myself and compensate for kind of the the lack of organizational capacity. And it's things that I still use today. Um, and it's kind of like the notion of, um, like a guitar has six strings and it's a very structured instrument, but it, it has fostered some of the greatest creativity. And I think that translates itself into self-organizing and some of the, the structure there. But I think, you know, second to that was um, I really gravitated towards music and I really gravitated towards things that allowed me to, uh, in, in reflection, express myself and, and um, have an outlet for that, that creative capacity. So how does all of that show up in um, Waste Farmers? I mean, you don't play a guitar all day and sing, I'm sure, but you do have an ability to be something because the way you describe that is you're able to express you. And teaching you to be organized was good. That's, that's great. But that's not the essence of you. The essence of you is something about how you express yourself in the world. Can you see how that shows up in your business Without question, I think, you know, the, the hearkening back to the polar bear, like in reflecting on it, like climate change is a big reason that, that the company even came about back in 2009 and sort of um, wanting to take a proactive approach to being a part of the solution. I think a business is a great um, instrument for that, um, similar to, you know, like the guitar in terms of music for me. Um, and I think the self-organizing capacity is a way to, or these self-organizing is a way of um, allowing that creative spirit that I think, you know, is everyone's got their story. And for me personally, it's, I can bring who I am here and um, continue to foster and and develop that and uh, contribute it to something bigger than myself, which is, which is uh, really important for me. And the way that that gets fostered is, um, you know, there's uh, growth in terms of uh, kind of the, the critical thinking capacity and uh, strategic capacity. Um, and then um, even at the outset, like our, our, our purpose statement is very, um, I think really captures our essence and is really sort of um, uh, out there for some people, but it, it gets into the, the line of, um, 
you know, developing the, the self and developing my own capacity, which continues to grow. Um, and All I right, think so let me again, um, I want to take us another level deeper because what you're describing is how all of that childhood determined what you worked on. What I'm looking to see is how, because the how we work on things doesn't have anything to do directly with what we work on. It's like who we are all the time. So if you image when you were um, first probably entering, well, let's even talk about the therapy. When you worked with the child therapy process, you had a way of figuring things out that probably had to do with, I, I don't know what that went, I hate the term ADHD and, and all of those because they box people instead of saying, oh, this is a unique way of facing the world. But there was something about how you had to get you through that because even you probably knew there was a chance people thought something was wrong with you when they sent you there, right? Or you wouldn't have oh, gone there. Oh, yeah. You're right. So how did you manage you? in that process, what you can remember or intuitively connect to about how I managed me so that I was able to focus on this polar bear and have that come through. There was something about the uniqueness of how you take on difficult challenges. Do you know what that was? That is an interesting question. Um, I think that story is, is in that fashion, story, um, was a really unique way to, to get me to, I think, articulate. Um, and so playing out and acting out um, stories and tapping into the creative side. Yeah. Uh, I think that um, in terms of, um, you know, how that translates for me now is um, very much on the, I think probably gravitating towards the Eastern approach to uh, um, the world, which is, I think, much more divergent and sort of circling around um, a problem is versus, and sort of finding various solutions versus jumping from problem to solution. And I think that's where I operate best is in that um, iterative, creative space. I think... Um, so I want to pause you again. Uh, excuse me for interrupting, uh, but this actually has a lot to do with who you are, which is I think that the essence of how you got through the therapy and how you got through the Catholic schooling and probably in this business is you were always imaging the working of a whole. You can see the whole thing. It's why when people say what time is, you said, let me tell you how clocks work and how the history of clocks, because you can't separate out very well a piece, which other people are hanging on to. And you're thinking, but you can't see this and you can't see this. And so there is, we, we aren't all the way there yet, but I think an aspect of the essence of, of John Paul Maxfield is imaging the working of a whole and then seeking to manifest that. Uh, and it, it, part of what it does is it allows you to go and look at all these different businesses. All right, waste is, is one thing, but it's a system. 
And I'm actually going to do some work with you around why circular economy isn't even close to a good way to think about it for a systems thinker, because it's a closed system, and it's a way of dealing with something, but it's not a way of being regenerative. And when you actually think, I, I even want you to stop using the word circle and circular, because if it's an open system, then it has things feeding in and out across boundaries. And I think you can see all that, but you also are finding other people's language to adopt. And I want you to keep finding your own language because this is an amazing essence to be able to image the working of a whole. What do you think about what I'm saying? I love it. I think um, I knew we'd get along. Like back in 2009, we, we wrote our values as a company. And the second one is don't be afraid to take the contrarian point of view. <laughs> uh, I love it. Um, and I think you're right. And I think it's. Um, the challenge for me is has been sort of a self-awareness uh, to be able to um, make that explicit. And it's just important because, and, and I think I'll, harkening back even to the boy named Sue, like I, I don't know that I would change anything because I think it built a, a bit of a resolve right. to, 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 you know, um, to continue down that path. And it, and it built, you know, particularly the entrepreneurial journey for me is one where I think you're exposed to the core. I, I, I've been exposed to the core and um, there's no place to hide. And I think um, for me, that's been a, a great way to uh, kind of embrace uncomfortable, uh, the uncomfortable aspects of things we can't know and, and understand. Um, right. Well, you image them and you try and figure them out from watching it work, even though, even though it didn't manifest yet. That's why you can also do this. Go try it, then come back, then go try it. And it, it's not so much, I don't think, problem solving for you as it is making all the aspects of the whole present and accounted for. 100%. And yeah. I think that can be exhausting. <laughs> It, it can, can be exhausting and that's why people. we work and are going to do some at the summit on helping people find what is their essence and find yeah. a better way to do it because some of the things you're describing to me you've adopted from people's programs that actually don't fit your essence but and you're still young you got lots of opportunity but your essence is a healthy gives you the ability to actually do regenerative thinking in a more organic way because you don't have to learn it what we just have to do is help you shed some of the things that you've acquired that aren't actually how your mind works and then you won't be exhausted. So oh, I love let's, let's, let's try one right now. So if um, I said I wanted for us to end up here looking at going forward and if you thought about that, and I, and I know that um, there are many ways to come at this, but if you were to think about the image you hold of all materials, all people being in reciprocity and more than a transactional exchange, but in a way, which is a healthier way to think about it than waste and closing the loop and feeding and eating, that's, that's like a limited transactional. This loop closes and it goes into that one. If you mm -hmm. thought about that this stuff exists at multiple levels, there is the individual, the farmer, the family, there is the ecosystem that it's in and the world that it's feeding. And you image that, given that's more what your essence is, this ability to image the working of a whole, where do you see the, the direction 
for waste farmers, if it wanted to really be taking on that image and that capacity you have, to think about the whole of all of this working, rather than just the loop of the waste feeding into the next one. Can you see the difference in the pictures I'm describing? Oh, 100%. All right, so talk to me about how you would begin to think about the corporate direction for waste farmers. And at some point, you may change the name, but it's got to actually live up to all your holding first. What would yeah. you say would be the kind of like the where you might take this business? You might introduce it to your 22 um, members, uh, limited partners in the process. Where would you take it? So I think that, you know, we're building with a long-term vision in mind and I'm, uh, that's what drives me. And, and it's about kind of capabilities and the things we do day to day and the learnings that we get along the way. Yeah. And for me, I see us evolving um, where I've been is sort of like this image and I've written a song about it, but just like this image of kind of sitting on the edge of the earth and looking out and, <laughs> you know, realizing that we're, it's not just limited by that, you know, false blue sky that's there and, and what that does to kind of change perspective and, and what's happening at present in terms of existential threats. And I think, I think of how we're evolving in kind of three separate ways. I think that there's adaptation to the new realities of, of what this climate will, will mean for humanity. Um, and I think that second is sort of the regeneration aspect and kind of reducing uh, the footprint. Um, and then uh, I think um, uh, around um, carbon negative activities uh, uh, and really I see this evolving sort of in the climate space and the carbon space as it continues to manifest. Uh, in the interim, we're, you know, continuing to, to build capabilities, uh, continuing to grow and scale. Um, and um, continuing to kind of collectively earn our earn our um, uh, our scars along the way that, that okay let me let me ask you a couple of questions here when I listen to you speak and I don't know your partners so I don't know what's true for them so just going with you you um, speak from this picture that you can see of all this interaction and yeah. when people buy a product you might have if you have a bag of compost just for example you can uh -huh. put a certain amount of information on there that educates them but i am wondering if given the history of who you are how this business came about kind of the encompassing systems role it's playing if there isn't i i don't see anyone else doing this so it's an intersection you might could own which is really educating the citizen consumer about this system through this understanding of why you've chosen all the businesses you have, rather than a product here by this, it's carbon neutral or has X, you know, circular economy. I don't think people get smarter that way. And you have an ability to see a large system do you foresee you and your company, because it's, it's playing this ecosystem role, go do this, 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 this. Do you see yourself engaging people in an education role for the citizen consumer? Absolutely. And I think that what I will say to that is our annual theme kind of in 2016, and it hasn't changed, um, and it's in response to, to the way it's been, 
uh, in 2016, there's the Rumi quote of, I was clever and wanted to change the world, and then I got wise and decided to change myself. Right. I think what we're really focused on is, you know, kind of the gaze is inward on self as sort of the beginning place to, to make and manifest change. And, and, and so we're really focused on, um, you know, developing as individuals and then developing the, the, the mechanisms within the company that allow us to evolve, um, you know, uh, as an organism that can be effective for change. And I think um, we, we, we want to evolve into that place. And I think this is a, like a random thought along that line. And, but like a, like there's a, there's aspects of scale that I think are interesting. And I think like the idea that a mouse and an elephant both have the same number of heartbeats in a lifetime, right. but an elephant lives 70 years and a mouse lives two. And I think companies follow that as well. And I think, you know, right now our heart's beating really fast. We're still, you know, we're not mice, but, but we're not elephants either. And I think that, um, there's, uh, with some of those economies of scale, uh, our, 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 our ability to be more effective in that capacity increases. Mm -hmm. And um, in the interim, it's really that focus on developing those capabilities and, and developing as individuals and as the organism so that we can um, be proper, uh, be in a good place for when that, that scale reaches that. All right. Point. So I want to, I want to bump that one a little bit. And you know how much I believe in personal development. You can feel it even as I work on you. Oh yeah. I, I believe that there is, an, an idea that has gotten embedded in our culture partially, uh, and it's an incomplete thought, and some of it is represented in the idea of self-actualizing or yeah. personal growth. I believe that there are nested systems between self-actualizing and system-actualizing, and you can't actually do self-actualizing, the growing of the self to be all the potential or and increasingly opening that door of potential it's there by growing one's essence, one's ability to be self-determining, self-mastery. You can't do that unless you're committed, as your company is, to system actualizing. Without and question. it is the combination between these. And the other thing is you can't do system actualizing, which you just pointed out, without doing self-actualizing. But I believe that that poem, Rumi, doesn't mean that it, you stopped working on the system actualizing. It means you understood they were linked, embedded, and nested. And so for me, uh, my quote that, I mean, I guess I can't quote myself, but I'm always saying system actualizing is more likely accomplished with self-actualizing in tow, and self-actualizing has a place to go and a reason for existing with system actualizing. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think that's like, you know, it's, um, and, and, you know, it's almost in the sense of, of it becomes part of the, I don't want to use DNA, but I, I don't know why not. Like it becomes yeah. part of the DNA of, of the organism itself. Like those individual learnings are part and parcel of, um, the, the system itself. And so, I agree. Yeah, and you know, DNA is double stranded. So you have a piece that's always going up, intertwining and coming down, intertwining. That's what we're talking about. All right. Well, we're getting a little abstract here. Let's just take this one more question that takes us down to um, 
a grounded kind of way, you're going to be one of the champions for what we're doing at the summit, which means you're bringing others together to have a much more in-depth, expansive conversation, but related to what's the essence of your business, how does that show up, for, you know, how long have you known what was there, and if it's co-founders and all of you, where is it you see that needs to manifest in your product offerings, in your uh, R&D, in the kind of marketing you do? And you agreed almost without batting an eye and said, yeah, I want to do that. Why is it and how does it help? How does it feel consistent with the work you do to say, yes, I want to bring maybe, you know, 10 to 30 companies and people together? Where in the world did that energy to say yes so quickly come from? I think it came from, if you like, even uh, as I reflect, like it's the polar bear aspect, like that power that was put in there was to, to help. Um, but I'm sort of uh, the way that, that I teach um, or, or is, is not to sort of tell it's, um, uh -huh. it's to, to bring people into something and for them to come to it on their own. And I think that, um, we do, this is a great way that at our scale, these are things that we can do is bring people together that, that we think could, could benefit or be interested in this. And these are things that we can actually do at this, the, this level that I think have, have impact. And, and, yeah. uh, and I think that, um, that's exciting. Like that, that gets the, that gets the juices flowing. Like I like to, you know, I, and I appreciate your bringing the, the, the conversation into, you know, where, where it needs to go. But I love, I think probably as you can tell these conversations, like they, 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 um, they ignite my, um, it's, it's what fuels me. So anytime there's an opportunity to get uh, amazing people together, um, to have, you know, um, meaningful conversation that, that leads to action is something that like all day long, um, yeah, you're in there. Yeah. yeah. So uh, some people may want to find you. Do you have a website and a way of contacting you if people like to follow up with you? Of course. Um, so there's wastefarmers.com. Uh, and then that'll give you, you know, uh, areas to our other brands. The other brand that I think I'd love to call attention to because it's driving, you know, the, the, the main near term focus of the company is batch 64. Um, and anyone is, is welcome to, to reach out via email and I will caveat and, uh, that I am terrible, uh, with email communication. Um, it's not one of my strengths, so I don't mind being pestered and uh, I won't view it as rude, but my email is jpmaxfield at wastefarmers.com. And, uh, yeah, I, those are the, that's the main one. That's great. And I would like anyone who would like to know more about the Regenerative Business Summit, which is going to be a fusion event, which means local virtual. There'll be local gatherings like John Paul is pulling together one in the Denver, maybe, I'm not sure whether you're including Boulder, but that area. Yeah. We've got another one happening in Toronto. We've got one happening in Vancouver. We've got one happening in Southern California. There are one in Mexico. And that we're, we can manage up to about 30 of them with the technology that we've set up so that people will be working with me and the presentation. And we've pre-filmed uh, several other CEOs of the work on the Essence work on their company, how it's filmed, how you can use that in yours. There's a website, the Regenerative uh, Business Summit. 
You can also read me, reach me, and I'm great at email, at carol at carolsanford.com. Uh, I'm bad at a bunch of other stuff, but I can manage the email one. So let John or I know if you'd like to know more from us. And John, thank you so incredibly much for joining me. It's a delight to hear a bit of your story, to know about the polar bear, to know about how it is you've figured out how to image holes, and I look forward to working with you more. Likewise, my friend. Thank you.